How are you? I am doing very well. How are you? I'm, well, other than my carpal tunnel pain, good. Oh gosh, I'm so um, sorry. I'm, yeah, I just hope it heals. I'm just, like, sad that I can't draw right now. I know, I can, you're doing so much drawing lately. I know. And I'm loving it fun. all. Thank you. <laughs> I want to talk about a couple of things. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So the first item I have for you is just a really short one, which is somebody on Twitter put a picture, uh, two pictures next to each other, one of Fran Fine in The Nanny, Mm -hmm. Fran Drescher, and Cardi B, and made some comparison, but then all I could think about was how good a reboot of The Nanny starring Cardi B would be today. Oh my gosh, that would be great. Wouldn't that be amazing? I could totally see it. I mean, I'm hearing uh, both of them at the same time, which uh-huh. to some might sound like a saw on the ears, but to me, it just <laughs> sounds like my love language. <laughs> I mean, Cardi B, both of them have very, very distinctive voices, that I, and that was something that was played up in The Nanny, so I feel like they could easily do that with Cardi. Oh, totally. I don't know if she's ever acted before, though. Cardi B? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure she... Oh, yeah, she was in Hustlers. Oh, you know, I never saw that. that. Yeah, me neither. It was right before COVID, and I think we were planning on seeing it, and then, you know, something happened. That sounds right. Yeah. (laughs) It's the world shut down. Something small. Can't quite remember. Yeah, you know, something like that. Item number two is (laughs) a headline came up in some news feed that I was in, and it involved Demi Lovato, who you know know who Demi Lovato is. I do. Controversial, because I know you're not a fan, and I am. (laughs) I, I, I like some of their music. I'm okay. not obsessed with all of it. But this headline was, I, it was just like stepping into a mirror realm, like of Bizarro <laughs> World, because this headline came up that reads, Demi Lovato sings to aliens in new clip from their upcoming UFO series. <sighs> so apparently they have a TV show coming out and they're singing to aliens I don't know what any of this means or why Demi Lovato is doing this or why she's singing or why they're singing to the aliens. It's very strange. <laughs> I am intrigued. I'm yeah. intrigued. I think I'll have to check it out for a oh, minute when I mean, it comes out. I ha- how could you hear something like that and then not have your curiosity peaked enough? Exactly. Come on. My third thing is I recently started watching an anime called My Hero Academia. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard of it? I have. I haven't okay, seen have it, you? Okay, I'm on like episode four. So far I'm enjoying it, uh, but it's really funny because I, I have this feeling. I know that I have like two friends who are into it, and they like. I think I checked it out because they periodically like would tweet about it, and so I was like, well, let me check this out. Um, and I, I texted one of them and I was like, hey, uh, I'm starting this TV show. You're the one who always tweets about that, right? And they were like, oh my God, I'm so excited for this journey for you. Like, I can't wait. Text me all the time. Text me your updates. <laughs> <laughs> and so I have this feeling that there is a like online community of fans of this that's pretty big and I think there is. I, I know it's a big, it's a big anime. It's a big show. Yeah, um, and I've heard about it a million times. I've seen 
endless memes that make no sense to me about the show. <laughs> so far, it's you so like far, it? It's so far pretty good, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's kind of like, it's giving me the kind of feeling of watching a cartoon like Sailor Moon, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's kind of giving me that nostalgia of watching a show like that, but it's better, yeah. and it's uh, more current, and... Um, yeah, I think it's fun. So I'm beginning that journey. So if any of our listeners are huge My Hero Academia fans, feel free to message me on Twitter or Facebook or send us an email and I will happily talk about it. Just remember, I'm only like five episodes in, so don't ruin anything for me. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I'm actually, I used to be really, really into anime, which probably is really? surprising. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I was so into anime in high school. And the wow. years following, I used to go buy, like, tons of DVDs when DVDs were a thing. A thing, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, I, I got, I don't know, somewhere along the way, I just lost my spirit, and I felt like there was too much <laughs> to keep up on. I always felt like I was behind the curve <laughs> on things. That's how, okay, that's kind of my my anxiety about it, is I feel like... To, when people are like, oh, start at the beginning and get current, they're they're like, watch the show, read the the manga, yeah. is that how you pronounce it? Yeah. And it just feels very daunting to try to undertake a new thing from the very beginning, which I think is probably how a lot of first-time Wheel of Fan people feel of like, oh my god, there's 15 books in the series, and it's like very dense. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I'm, I would love to look for an anime to get kind of back into it. I remember my favorite back in the day was there was a show called Serial Experiments Lane. Okay. And I think it was just one season, but it was like my Serial favorite. like the podcast or like the breakfast food. <laughs> Do not get on grape nuts. <laughs> no, it was Serial. <laughs> I wasn't going to for once. <laughs> it was Serial the like the podcast and Lane okay. was L A I N and it had like a great little theme song and it was kind of like dark and uh creepy and Oh, I, I love it. I, I would love to go back and rewatch that. But anyone out there, if you have what an you... idea of a show to start watching, start I watching to... My Hero Academia with me. Then okay. we can talk about it. Is it on like Netflix or anything? It's on Hulu. Oh, perfect. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I'll give it a shot. Fun, yay. Okay. Speaking of cartoons, did you ever finish Shira? We finished. We're in season three now, I believe. Last time okay. we left off, so okay. we're getting through it. Um, All right. Fun fact about Shira. I guess this is more related to the other podcast, but the voice of Shadow Weaver is mm. Lorraine Toussaint, who we see many times in Law and Order. I was going to say that Shambhala name is super, Green. super familiar. Oh, that is Shambhala. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I was she like, does a I good voice, voice for Shadow Weaver. Yeah, right? A lot of the voices were surprising to me that I looked up. Yeah, it's funny when you're watching a cartoon and then... Like three seasons in, you're like, this sounds familiar, and you're, and it's somebody you've known for real. well, not known personally, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, I have one quick recommendation. Okay, it's a very late one. It's nothing new to people out there, but it's new to me. The special on Netflix called Inside by Bo Burnham. Oh, you, somebody else recommended that to me. Okay, I know it came out like mid quarantine lockdown times. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's if you haven't heard of it and you're like, or you were like me and you kind of waited a while, it was, he made it completely independently, like from his house during lockdown. And it's, you know, music and songs and comedy. Uh, It's great. It's really great. It's funny. Yes, of course. But it's also kind of emotional, unexpectedly emotional throughout it. 
because he like went into a pretty deep depression being in lock not lockdown like he was in prison <laughs> but during the pandemic right yeah yeah and it, it feels very relatable and it doesn't feel put on like sometimes i watch things like that like do you remember ugh, do you remember supersize me back in the day I never watched it, Ugh, I but I know exactly. I watched premise, it, yeah. and I felt like it was informative, but very put on, like, very... Yeah, kind of like a, to, live and die, to Live and Die in L.A. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but this oh felt very relatable and real and honest. And speaking of Bo Burnham, even though he's not the star of this, this just reminded me of it. We watched a movie not too long ago. I don't mm-hmm. know if I've already recommended it or not, but I'll do it again, because it was so great. It was called The Big Sick. And you didn't. I don't. I don't remember hear, hearing you say that. Uh, it was so good. It's a romantic comedy, I guess, if you want to put it in a genre. But okay. it's it's a lot more than that. And it's uh, gosh, I can't remember the name of the actor slash director, but you would recognize him. He was a guest on RuPaul's Drag Race. Um, him and his wife were guests on it at one point. He's, What's it called? It's called The Big Sick. Like getting sick. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's a true story about his experience of being. Uh, Muslim in America and uh, dating as a comedian and uh, cultural issues with his family and issues with fitting in with other people and being understood. And it, it stars him and real comedians like Bo Burnham and A.D. Bryant, and who I was obsessed with. And <laughs> it was just very heartwarming and hmm. relatable to anybody who has ever been other or different. And it was just the it was beautiful. So hmm. highly recommend if you're looking for something to just like really feel if you want to cry but feel great. That's that's the one. <laughs> that's the one. <laughs> awesome. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, and very funny too. Very very funny. So earlier this week, coming back to uh, Wheel of Time stuff. Mm. Earlier this week, we got. I don't know. I don't know if I sent this to you. I I sent you a bunch of stuff, yes. but I might have failed to send you a link to the Comic Con panel that happened this week. Oh, is it available for like regular people to see? <laughs> I think it is. Yes. Oh, I'll, okay. I'll see if I can find it, and I'll try to send you the link. But it's it's all of the main characters and Rafe, the director, mm-hmm. um, talking about the show. Not and Matt, though, right? Not the original Matt. Not the original Matt. Okay. Yeah, because he's no longer. Part of it, I guess. I know. So it was really great. And it was so cute to see. Like, there's sweet moments. Like, the uh, actor Yosha, who plays Rand, they were like, who has read furthest in the books? And he gets, like, kind of sheepish. And he's, like, already on book 11. (laughs) He's read the furthest. And then right behind him, I guess, is uh, Zoe and Madeline, the actresses who play Nynaeve and and Wayne. And there's one moment where they ask Zoe about Nynaeve's braid, and she gets, like, emotional talking about how much it meant for her to be able to, like, feature her natural hair in this character whose hair is, like, so iconic in the series. And it was just really amazing to, like, hear her talk about that. So (sighs) I'll send you the link, and if anyone out there has not seen it, you should go find it. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll put it on our Discord. Oh, yeah. Hey, check out our Discord. (laughs) I've now learned how to invite people and do all that kind of stuff. So if you aren't on our Twitter, um, like me, and you just use our Instagram or or anywhere else, reach out if you want to get on our Discord because we have a lot of fun on there. And I'm finally on there too, and I'm very excited to chat with you guys. So cute. Hey. Well, should we get into the 
Oh, wait, the I forgot casting. to tell you two things. Oh, okay. okay, the casting. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, so let me, let's talk about the couple of things that I did text you about. Yes. Okay, so number one, I sent you the song. Yes. The first song from the soundtrack. I'm excited. I, I wasn't sure when you sent it to me if it was official or not. And yes, I was like, I'll official. research into this after I listen to it and <laughs> saw that it was. I'm into, I'm excited. Yeah, it's a very different vibe. Like they've incorporated different sounds from around the world into it. Whereas I feel like most fantasy is very like flutes and, flutes and drums yeah. and very Western music style. Mm-hmm. Um, this felt very worldly yes. and I loved it. I'm excited to see what the rest of the soundtrack sounds like. I'm excited to see where they're going to place this. I didn't really, I'm, I'm very excited. Yeah. And then we also found out that there, Rafe said that he can tell us two more people who have been cast, but he can't tell us what roles they're in. But he says they're two, like, main, like, major characters. Mm-hmm. And so uh-huh. the first actress, her name is Mira Sayal. And when I sent you her picture, what did you, like, what did you think? I mean, for me, it just feels very Varen. It's very Varen. I can't and imagine it being anybody else. Well, it's so funny. Remember, my fan casting for Varen was Kathy Najimy. Mm-hmm. And if you look at their faces, they have like very similar facial elements to them. Like they both do have a, a strong nose, which totally. I, I like. And it's, I think she would be perfect for Varen. And so I'm really excited about that. Yeah, I'm very curious. She's a little like, I guess that depends on how they're doing Aes Sedai and like if they're supposed to look like ageless or what. Oh, they're not going to because yeah. they were like, the cost of that was ridiculous. So she, they were like, would you rather have eight seasons or would you rather have warders shifting cloaks and Aes Sedai faces <laughs> and have like one season? Yeah. The only thing I would say is that it, it it definitely, I wouldn't say it's like a spoiler for me, but it definitely places what Varen's book age is versus some of the other Aes Sedai in my mind. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just okay. because of like her, the difference in age from her to someone like Moraine, for instance, or Swan. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I think it's so spot on. Because I always pictured yeah. Varen being older than them anyway, just in the way she is oh, yeah. and how, edu- how intelligent and book, um, not bookly, um, scholarly that she is. And <laughs> I think it's perfect for Varen. I saw someone else put a different character's name as a possibility for her, but it's a character I don't know. And so I was like, mm, I don't know. Do you remember the name? It began with the letter A. It was like a four letter, like Ama or Amya or something like that. Or, oh boy. Not Amis, A-M-Y-S. Oh, that's it. That's it. Uh, if they go a different direction with casting, I could see them making that decision because that could work for this person for sure. But um, yeah, well, yeah. Okay. I won't say any more about that because I don't want to spoil anything. Okay. But the other and- one... Yes. So we also got to learn that Natasha O'Keefe has been cast in a main role. Mm-hmm. And so some people, like I've heard two theories that people are very set on as she is either Lanfear mm-hmm. or she is Elida. I've seen both of those. I've also some, seen some people say Fail. You know, I mm, don't see it for Fail. Yeah. No, I think she's t- a little too old for Fail. Yeah. But I, I mean, I guess I can, I can kind of see both. Yeah. I wouldn't yeah. be disappointed with either, but I see way more land, land fear. I think I'm leaning toward Elida, oh. personally. But somebody pointed out that on Wikipedia, which, you know, it's Wikipedia, so mm-hmm. trust whatever you want to the level that you feel comfortable. But somebody saw that she was listed as Celine. Mm. 
that yeah. maniac Celine that, that you love so maniac much. Maniac Celine. Yeah, I see her as a Celine type character. type character. Yeah, I do. Okay. But well, we shall see who's we right. We shall see. And they cast Elaine. They did. That was it was sort of like leaked a long time ago and nobody ever confirmed it oh, because okay. she was she was like in photos with Zoe and <laughs> Madeline was all she? the time and everybody was like that's got to be Elaine. Oh, it's I think it's perfect. A hundred percent. And apparently, I can't remember, like, Rafe or somebody said, I, maybe it was some of the other actors, they were like, she is Elaine. Like, it's perfection, the way she plays the character. So I'm excited. I'm glad that I saw this after reading our first Elaine chapters, and not when it was, like, oh, yeah. earlier leaked, because I could see it, like, so exactly in my head now. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, to the actual chapters. yes. Is that everything? That is yeah, that everything? That's I sent be you? everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, but besides the clip, the clip. <laughs> I sent you a link. They gave us a. They showed us a clip of the episode. Oh, I don't think I saw uh, that. Oh, okay. Well, watch it later. It's kind of just. It's the scene where everybody meets Lorraine, uh, Moraine, and Lan for the first time. Oh, is there like dialogue? Yeah, there's <gasps> dialogue. Oh, Nin- Nynaeve speaks. Lan, Moraine. Oh my god. Okay. Great. Okay, so we are on book three, chap- or book four, chapter eight, and this one is called Hardheads. <laughs> mm-hmm. The sigil for this is a dragon, and we are in an Elaine point of view chapter. She is in the room, kind of looking at Rand after Elaine walked out and kind of watching after him Egwene sort of... Out. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> after Egwene walked out, kind of trying to make sense of what happened and what she meant and all of that. And she's just kind of waiting for him to come to his senses and he's muttering. And then uh, in a moment he like turns around and spots her and is like, he kind of forgot that she was there and he blushes and tells Elaine, he's like not always such a fool. And they have kind of a cute little flirt back and forth where, you know, she's calling him, well, he's calling her my lady over and over, and she's like, "Do you, if you keep doing that, I'm going to have to call you my Lord Dragon. <laughs> so they agree to call each other by their first names. Call me by, and my, call me by your name. <laughs> I, the whole time I was thinking that, honestly. Um, and Elaine is like really likes hearing him say her name. She's so besotted with him. Hmm. Um, she asks, like, did that hurt what Egwene told you? And he's kind of essentially mel- melancholy about it. Like, he's not pining after Egwene, but it's sort of a, oh, like, we both really have changed. Our lives are going in really big different directions. We're not in love with each other. Like, the future that they thought they were going to have is not the one they're having. So, kind of melancholy for him. Mm -hmm. By the way, I have a theory based on, and this is a theory that many people are talking about, that in the TV show, they're going to make Rand and Egwene's relationship, like, more prominent yeah so that like this moment where they essentially have a conversation about parting ways or even at the end of the eye of the world kind of thing where they're distancing from each other is like more heartbreaking yeah yeah i can see that which then i had the idea that a lot of people liked but were very upset that i had proposed on the internet which was what if the trollocs actually attack during rand and Egwene's wedding or betrothal Oh my god! And that's like it gets interrupted with the Trolloc attack. Wow, that would I be, like that idea. That would be very controversial. I bet you. Yeah, mm. people didn't. People were like, "How dare you speak this into existence?" Was a lot of the <laughs> tweets that I got. 
So Rand gives her a little smile, which is incredibly cute. And she blushes and feels butterflies in her stomach. And he asks her if she'd like a flower. And he grabs a pile of feathers from the mattress that he had shredded in in the previous chapter. And uh, says that he made one the night before with the power. And he's like, it only takes a little trickle of the power. I'll be careful. Don't worry. I got this. And then we get this kind of like tiny heartbreaking moment where he's like holding the feathers, looking at it, trying to like channel and turn it into a f- flower for her. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly he like drops them and is like, flowers are no gift fit for you. And try and goes and like picks up a piece of like gold fabric. And it's clear that he like tried to channel and failed and... Elaine, like, feels for him, and she bends down and collects the feathers in a handkerchief and tucks them in her pocket. And he's like, oh, the maids can get that. And she's like, well, okay, this bit is done. And we realize that Elaine wanted them just because he wanted to do something sweet for her. Isn't Uh, that so cute? It's really cute, and it's a really nuanced and beautiful way to show the emotion that she feels for him and that he feels for her without, like, slapping you in the face with it. A hundred percent. Love that. So then they have (laughs) kind of a lengthy back and forth, which I will summarize as, I know you like me, but do you like me like me? (laughs) And they both like like each other. Mm -hmm. So Elaine says she wants a little smoochies and Rand sweeps her up in a kiss and they're both breathless. And Rand, I think, almost says like that he loves her. Mm Mm-hmm. But she stops him because she's like, I don't want to hear that until you like truly feel it and mean it. Mm-hmm. I think that's what that was supposed to be. Yeah. Is that the impression you got? It felt like Rand was searching for the words to say, but didn't want to say yeah. I love you. And she yeah. kind of sensed that and to, yeah. took A, the pressure off of him and like, don't say that. And also was like, I don't, you know, I like you a lot. <laughs> yeah. But let's, let's cool our, cool our jets here. <laughs> <laughs> and so then he has a moment where he's like, wait a minute, did you and Egwene plan this between the two of you? And Elena's like, me? What? Gasp! I could never! And he, I think, believes her, but she asks him if he regrets pinching them with the one power, and he says no, that they both deserved it. And she channels and heals the area that Egwene had, like, smacked or pinched, and tells him that she did that because he was being honest with her. Mm. And then she's essentially like, think of me, and scoots out the door as a bunch of high lords walk in, and we get a POV shift to Rand. And he's literally thinking, like, the opening line of his point of view is something about dreams coming true, because he's remembering the dreams he had where he was kissing Elaine, and he's mooning after her. And even though he's talking business with these high lords and and talking to them about trade and trading grain and Ilion and Carrion... He is just mentally still all about Egwene in this moment. Mm-hmm. Um, then we get a POV shift to Egwene, and she is walking along the halls of the tower, or not, sorry, walking along the halls of the tier of Stone of Tear. And Matt suddenly kind of like falls in beside her and starts walking next to her. And she's kind of like, okay, but he's not saying anything. And so finally, after a moment, she's like, is last night troubling you? And he's like, oh, you mean the cards that, like, came to life and tried to kill me? No, 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 no. I'm fine. I'm fine. And we learn that Matt has spent his time dicing and smooching women. And one of the cleaning maids walks by and gives him a saucy little wink. And Egwene pretends to ignore all this while she's thinking about slapping him across the face. (laughs) And we learn that 
maybe the day before or sometime prior, Egwene, Elaine, and Nynaeve had gone into his room and tied him up with the one power so that they could search his room to get the letter back from the Amerlin that said, you know, whatever the bearer does is done at my orders. Mm -hmm. And he's like, you could have just asked for it. And they chat for a few minutes and he tells Egwene that he needs advice. And she says about what? And he's trying to figure out what to do. Like, what to do next? Maureen's watching me. What, what, what should I do with my life? Where am I going? And she tells him, well, I hope you're not thinking of leaving. Like, you're Taverin. You're too important to all of this. You can't just scoot out of town. Mm-hmm. She tells him, make a mood board. You know, wish, <laughs> wish it into existence. Read the secret. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and he kind of tells her, like, what's been bothering him. And RJ writes that he says... What comes next? What's in these holes in my memory? Like there are chunks of my life that aren't there anymore as if they don't exist, as if they never happened. Why do I sometimes find myself spouting gibberish that old other people say is the old tongue, but it's, he says, goose gabble to me. Mm-hmm. And he says, I want to know, Egwene, I have to know before I go as crazy as Rand. And she very quickly is like, Rand's not crazy. <laughs> little, a little too fast, a little <laughs> too defensive. And she tells him that he should ask Moraine. And he's like, absolutely not. Did you listen to anything I just told you? I'm trying to get away from her. And so eventually, Egwene kind of reluctantly tells him about the twisted redstone doorframe Tarangriel that we read or learned about in previous chapters mm-hmm. and how he can get the answers. And she warns him that it's very dangerous. But like, you know, here are the rules if you're going to do it. And... He's like, uh, huh, me walk into a Tarangriel? Like, I don't want anything to do with the One Power. Don't worry about it. Um, and she's like, <laughs> Do um, we remember last time uh, he was told not to do something that had magical effects? Right. And exactly. And it. then he <laughs> stole a dagger. <laughs> so they have a little conversation about how they've kind of like outgrown the small town life. And they have bigger dreams now. And they go to part ways, and Egwene makes Matt promise that he will not go near the Tarangriel without first asking Moraine for permission. And he's like, oh, yeah, I totally promise. And Egwene, like, of course, shakes her head because she's like, Matt's never going to change. Mm-hmm. And she knows that he's not going to ask for permission, but do whatever he thinks is best. Mm-hmm. And that's the end of the chapter, Hardheads. Mm. I have a couple of theories that came up after reading that chapter. Okay, so lay it on me. Remember last week we were talking about one of my favorite things was, well, we were talking about Moraine talking with the girls in I think it was your chapter where she was like disclosing more information with them and trusting them with more. Yeah, like yeah. I now believe that it's not necessarily that Moraine is trusting the girls more. I think it's just carefully placed planning, mm. and I think she wanted Elaine. I think she wanted Egwene to go to Rand and try to teach him to channel. Mm. I think that was her plan all along. By telling her not to and that it's impossible and the reasons why and whatnot, I think she knew what Egwene is like. And that I think she wanted him to go teach him to channel. And I think she wanted that whole moment to happen. And I think mm-hmm. same thing with this. Like, she told him about the Tarangri, like, oh, I guess I could tell you guys. Because she knew they were going to tell the boys. <laughs> and she knows that they are more powerful than she is potentially and more powerful than any other Aes Sedai before them. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. she knows that they probably can do more with these things than maybe others have in the past. 
Hmm. So I think she's doing these things to intentionally spark their interest and intentionally have these conversations that seem to be against what Moraine would want. That's Mm. my theory. Maybe. Interesting. Mm. Well. Well. (laughs) Number, number, chapter nine, revolution number nine, is called (laughs) Decisions. And it's a moon and stars symbol, so we know we're going to get that maniac, (laughs) Celine (laughs) slash Lanfear. And it's not really in anybody point of view chapter for a while. It's kind of uh, a, a narrator chapter almost. I was going to say, I was reading this as I was falling asleep, and I had a moment where I was like, whose fucking point of view is this? And then I realized it's kind of summarizing a lot of points of view. Yeah, it's kind of bringing Until us... kind of a specific moment. Exactly. It's kind of bringing us up to speed with all our main young characters, at least, and what they're all kind of been doing the past <laughs> three days. Yeah, if it were like a, a TV show, it would almost be like a training montage. Oh, kind of moment. 100%. <laughs> this would be a montage moment. This is like when there's a, a bunch of like major fights happening among the main characters on like Degrassi yeah. or something. And then we get a, you know, a moment uh, with each of them. I'm trying to think of what song they would play. Probably uh, something. Uh, Sarah McLaughlin? That's too, that's too mature. Um, okay. Natasha the graduation song? <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Vitamin C. <laughs> so the chapter begins with uh, RJ letting us know that it's basically hot as hell. It is hot. Everyone is feeling it. It's like Lizzo's that... <laughs> there singing the background music. <laughs> it's like that. It reminded me of that video. That oh, that's I love. good as hell. Oh yeah, that's good as hell. But I knew what you meant. I um, I feel like every summer I watch this clip. It's a woman talking about how hot it is in the summer and how she has oh. her air conditioner on Power Ranger. Uh, yes why are i've used that in some performances <laughs> yes yes that is how i feel everyone is feeling right now yeah it's not summertime to me if i don't watch that clip um <laughs> or the sears commercial from the 90s oh god i've never seen that <gasps> it's the it's an air conditioner commercial every summertime if i post on social media i post it and it's like <laughs> two people having a conversation in the in the morning and it's hot and she's like you said you'd call sears yesterday and he's like i'll call tomorrow you'll call now. And he goes, I'll call now. (laughs) That's the best. I can't wait. Okay, I've already Googled it, so I'm ready to watch it when we're done. So that's how everyone's feeling. It's boiling hot. Matt is having a really shitty time in the stone. Everybody around knows about the car catastrophe that happened. And... (laughs) (laughs) I hate you for that. (laughs) That's my follow-up to uh, Mirrorgate. I got to think of something for parents now. Card (laughs) catastrophe. And he... Oh, Perrin's accident. Get it? <gasps> Ooh, yes. Oh, I can't okay. wait. By the way, Perrin haven't seen him in a minute. I'm ready for some Perrin fail. I want to know what's yeah. going on with them, but we get, well, a, we get a little bit of that. Yeah. So I just realized when you said that this song, this uh, episode, this episode, this chapter could probably be fun to fit into uh, Mambo number five. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of Rand. Yeah. A little bit of Egwene. Maybe I'll write that down in the for the Discord. So... Everybody knows about the whole thing, and he can't get any action with any of the ladies, which is apparently what he's been doing, and all the girls are ghosting him. No one wants to be around him. Tom is off doing God knows what. The only person who's always around is Moraine, and he is <laughs> he is straight up not having any fun. <laughs> <laughs> Perrin has also been having a pretty challenging time. He's basically... If you look for him, he could be found out looking for some sort of rumor or lead on some sort of adventure 
because he I'm thinks... I'm tired of rumours starting. <laughs> rumours, I'm rumors. sick of being followed. <laughs> he's the opposite. He wants a rumour to start. He's, he does. He's trying to find something to allure Fayil into some other endeavour because he believes that her only, her only compulsion to be here is based on adventure, which, come on. But he's hoping that he'll find something to get her to leave. He's been unsuccessful so far. She, he just needs to chill because she's not going anywhere. No, she's she's in it for the long haul, Perrin. Yeah. She's into you. Exactly. And also, anything he finds that seems like a legit rumor, it's too dangerous, he feels like, to send her on. So what's the point? <laughs> right. So that's his deal. Nynaeve and Egwene, they both tried continuously to question the prisoners, but they're getting nowhere, getting no new information. And neither of them is feeling, like, 100% sure about the whole Tanchico plan. They also are growing more concerned that the Amerlin has failed to respond to Moraine's pigeons and has sent no word on whether or not Mazrum can be tamed. <laughs> okay, number one, <laughs> next time you fail to text me back, I'm going to be like, you have failed to respond to my pigeons. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> Was there a number also, two? <laughs> Mazram tame, Mazram can't be tamed is just perfection. Right. I won't accept Taim. <laughs> oh no. It's it's officially been decided. We will we're bucking that tradition. Dublin down. <laughs> um Nynaeve has been spending most of her free time taking walks or cooking for Lan, which I think is really sweet. Egwene, well, I think it's really sweet, but apparently she's not a great cook, so I don't know how sweet <laughs> it is for him, but <laughs> And Egwene is becoming friendlier with Avienda, despite not understanding all of her ways. It's kind of an unlikely friendship, she feels like. And Avienda doesn't completely get her either. For instance, if her and Elaine wanted Berlaine out of the way so bad, why not just kill her? <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, um, you know, not really my style. Yeah, maybe we would take a different approach than killing the ruler of a country, but, you know. Good idea. Thanks for the tip. Yeah. <laughs> Let's keep brainstorming. Let's keep workshopping this. Let's noodle on it. <laughs> Elaine can be found with Rand whenever possible, even on short walks. And Smoochies. Smoochies galore. She and the Maidens of the Spear have come to sort of an agreement that satisfies them both. They tell Elaine private spots and moments when she could find alone time with Rand, and for them, they just get the joy of the adventure out of it. So mm -hmm. they've been pretty bored, I guess. Yeah. Rand has been spending time with Elaine, as we said. And of course, as we just found out, he's also been getting more than just smooches from her. He's been getting useful advice and guidance because he's learning how to speak to and impress the High Lords a little bit. Mm -hmm. He's also been getting the inside scoop from Tom on the side about secret meetings that he's been crashing. So the High Lords think they're meeting in secret, and then boom, clap, here comes Rand. <laughs> Throughout all of his dealings with them, he also feels very conflicted about Elaine leaving in three days, as does she. But he knows he's got work to do, so it's probably for the best. And speaking of this, he gets approached by Lords Mylan and Sunaman. Sure. With a treaty that he's approved earlier and they're like okay here it is the treaty you approved to lower taxes for farmers we're going to give grain to Mayin and great and they're like it also has in there that Lord Taurine will be sending 2,000 men you know no big deal 
And Rand is like, uh, that was not in my plan. So he embraces Sidene and has the treaty explode in the hands of the lords. Yeah. I love his, I mean, he's an overreactor. I would hate him if he was my boss. But in this, like, context, I, I love it. Yeah. And he orders them to go back to Berlin, like he already asked, per his last email. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, get the exact treaty I asked for, none of this extra crap. And if you do not come back to me with what I ask for, you'll all be sent to the gallows. Mm-hmm. And he says, get out of my sight. Or he says it calmly, it says. He says, now get out of my sight. And I thought it was very, like, Miranda Priestly. Like, that's all. That's all. And that scares them even more than his, like, scary reactions. And they scurry away mm-hmm. like cartoon baddies. <laughs> now, Like the uh, witch with the clothespins behind her, oh. the, Bugs Bunny, the Bugs Bunny witch. <laughs> yes, exactly like that. That's a, a favorite uh, reference of yours, I feel like. Oh, yeah, I do. Th- I feel like I've brought that up before, haven't <laughs> it's I? It's been a while. I'm glad it's making your return. <laughs> do you know what I haven't brought up in a long time? Charmed. Charmed. I mean, this is a good chapter for Charmed. I feel like bursting things into flames in their hands. That's very mm. page. Or no. Uh, uh, oh, God. Piper. No. Piper's the one who Piper, can explode things. Expl- I thought that was Paige. No, Paige is the white half-white lighter. She can teleport things. And Prue no, is P- dead. She could move Piper, things with her mind. Piper is the half-white lighter. Oh, Phoebe. Phoebe. That's who I was thinking of. Does the, does the fire, not Paige. Phoebe is is Alyssa Milano, and yeah. she can read the future. But what's her second power? Isn't it fire? She can No, she can float. Oh. <laughs> she has the shittiest fucking powers yeah, in that that's show. that's so lame. Piper definitely had the best ones after Prue. Oh, 100%. I would pick hers first. I don't know. I like Prue's, but we never got to see more of her because... I mean, if you could freeze time, that'd be awesome. I know, but she always had issues with it. <laughs> there we go. There's Charmed. For our deep dive on Charmed. <laughs> <laughs> so we're now in sort of the... The perspective of Rand, as we've seen. And Rand is now, after sending those buffoons away, he's studying the heron brands on his palms, and he's remembering the prophecy, which says, quote, Twice and twice shall he be marked, twice to live and twice to die. Once the heron to set his path, twice the heron to name him true. Once the dragon for remembrance lost, twice the dragon for the price he must pay. The one fish has a little star. This one has a little car. It's <laughs> very that. Um, he wonders what it means, and he's not really getting it. I mean, I don't really totally understand it either, but it's, you know, I think it's pretty clear. Like, the two herons, the herons on his hands, the blade and the other one, and then once the dragon for remembrance loss would be, I guess, in my mind, that's like when Luz broke the world. And then twice okay. the dragon, in my mind, feels like what Rand must do. This is something that you will find out more about mm. later on. Well, Rand is hoping to hear the hear the, the skinny on it, too. And mm-hmm. as he's looking at it, he basically hears someone say, you've changed from the last time I saw you. Stronger, harder, and you can cue Daft Punk at any point if you want. I was just going to say harder, <laughs> better, faster, stronger. And he spins around to see Celine. Mm. And RJ writes, A woven silver belt glittered around her narrow waist. Silver combs worked with stars and crescent moons shone in the hair that fell to her shoulders like waterfalls of night. She was still the most beautiful woman he had ever seen. Elaine and Egwene were only pretty beside her. For some reason, though, she did not affect him the way she had. Or the way she had. I like this description 
she's such a maniac, but she's the kind of maniac that I can't wait to see. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's She'll how I felt about for Cersei sure. on, the, on the Game of Thrones series. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. a maniac. Like, but love I to lo- hate her. Yeah. yeah. So she tells him that while he's been marked, it doesn't matter. She's here to take what's hers. And he's like, uh, sorry, this is awkward, Celine, but you're great and all, but I think we should just be friends and, you know, no hard feelings. And she's like, listen, Luce, I call myself Celine sometimes, but I'm Lanfear. And he's like, good one. <laughs> good one. And she's <laughs> like, no, he's, he's still not convinced. And she right. continues saying that she is one of the chosen who will live forever and then he can too. And then he tries to reach for Sidine, and he cannot. And then he realizes, like, oh, crap. I think she's telling the truth. So mm-hmm. he thinks about grabbing Kalendor, But she already knows his next step, of course. And she says she cannot trust him with that still around. But she knows one or two that are more powerful than it. And one of which, for sure, still exists. And to me, I was thinking, in an earlier book... When we, like, unearthed, they came across a really unearthed huge statue with that big orb. Yep. And we heard that there was another one, like, far away, possibly. Yep. And that's what I feel like she's referring to. Yep. Hmm. Yay. So she then transforms into her, like, quote-unquote true form. Kind of like a boss battle. Her final form. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was expecting something like crazy and rand i think was too expecting like some kind of wraith like evil demonic thing <laughs> like sylvie in the dragon reborn yes exactly like that i was th- i mean who knows maybe that is her true form i had th- i had a theory <laughs> that that could be her okay mm, okay but that's what oh, i was that thinking sylvie was her yeah yeah sylvie was lanfear oh it was yeah was that confirmed for, by anybody else or was that just something we're meant to believe like meant to figure out. I think we're meant to figure it out. Oh. And it doesn't it doesn't spoil anything for you. Okay, cuz I had a theory that that was her like just, you know, kind of poking around in some other kind of form. And yeah. I was thinking that maybe she looked like that because it was the dream world and that was like her domain so, uh. supposedly like what she said to the dark one previously or to Ozamon. But I don't know, because this is supposedly, like, what she really looks like, but she just kind of looks a little bit more mature and equally beautiful. And he asks her if she's here to kill him, and she says, of course not. I'm here to reclaim you. And he, she tells him that he was once hers and loved her. And then without thought, he responds, and you loved power. And the words were not planned, but it felt right after he said it. And mm. Lanfear says, you've learned much. You have done much I'd not have believed you could unaided, but you are still fumbling your way through a maze in the dark, and your ignorance may kill you. Some of the others fear you too much to wait. Samael, Ravin, Mogedian? Mogedian. Mogedian. Others, perhaps, but those of a certainty. They will come after you. They will not try to turn your heart. They will come at you by stealth, destroy you while you sleep, because of their fear. But there are those who could teach you, show you what you once knew. None would dare oppose you then. I'm, I, the chills. Mm -hmm. So he protests and says that he will never learn from a forsaken and he will destroy them all and the dark one. And she seems angry for like a moment, but then says, you do know why some of them fear you, right? She tells them it's because they're worried that he will be given a place above them by the great Lord of the dark and Mm -hmm. that they are correct to feel that way. 
And then she tells Rand that the great lord knows of him, and if he wants, he can talk to him by going to Shael Ghul and to bathe in his presence in the pit of doom. And she's looking off like in ecstasy as she says it. And then she says all he has to do is bend the knee to him once, and then Asmodine will teach him to channel without it killing him. I think I pronounce that differently, but let me just double check what the internet says. Mm. It's Asmodian. Okay. Asmodian. Sounds like a medicine. <laughs> Moxicillin. <laughs> um, then, and then she says that she and Rand can rule the world together, or lose, basically, could rule the world together under the Dark One, and then they could each use the two Sa'angril that she was referring to before, each made for one of them, a his and hers kind of situation, <laughs> and they'll use them to take over the Great Lord himself. And he's like, mm, hard pass. <laughs> I'm busy. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, thanks for the invite. <laughs> and he started to scan the room for what are his options. You know, he can't embrace the power. Kalendor doesn't feel like an option. And then he tries again one more time to embrace Sidene unsuccessfully. And Lanfear calls him stubborn. And then, you know, somewhere in the distance, Nynaeve and Moraine are like, yes. Hello. Hello. Amen. <laughs> um, and she says that she's not going to take him by force because she wants him to choose her. Just... Then he sees a figure with a knife beyond Lanfear, and then he reaches for Sidene again, this time successfully, and he slices off the figure's hand that has the knife in it, and he finishes him with his sword through the heart. And then he asks her, why would you send a gray man after me? You know, I thought you weren't going to take me by force. And she's like, that's not really my style. You could just come with me. And he's like, no, I'm not going to come with you. And she's like, look, I even loosed you to defend yourself against him. I knew he was there. I let you do the whole thing. I trusted you. And he thinks about fighting her at this point. But he can't because he finally, because he finds it like impossible. He's viewing her as a woman and not a monster. And then I wondered maybe that's why she's appearing the way she is. Because she's appealing to Rand's chivalry. Um, I looked up another pronunciation for you mm-hmm. on what who I say Mogadian, mm-hmm. and the internet says it should be Mogadian. Mogadian, which Mogadian. sounds a little bit more old timey than Mogadian. Yeah. So let's try Mogadian. Mogadian. Let's try it. <laughs> yeah. So Rand sees her as a woman and not a monster, so he can't fight her, and he starts to wonder. How did the soulless get past the Aiel in the other room to even get into the room with either of them in the first place? So he asks her, what did you do to them? And she's like, oh, nothing. But um, I wouldn't go out there if I were you. (laughs) (laughs) And then the chapter ends with the quote, he flung the door or he flung open the left hand door onto a scene of madness. (sighs) Did you have you read ahead at all? No, And it was very hard not to. I bet. That was a good cliffhanger. They've had some really good cliffhangers this chapter, or this book. It's true. Yeah, yeah. What do you think is happening? I mean, it's probably another Forsaken, or as she would call them, Chosen, coming after him. And Mm -hmm. that's who is sending the Grey Men. And she's aware of them there. They're just probably, like, a little bit more advanced than she was hoping them to be. And, uh, you know, it's coincidence that they're there at the same time but i guess she's just trying to beat everyone to the punch also so yeah not so much a coincidence but i don't think it's Lanfear doing it i think she's being honest about that she you know she wants to reclaim him she is obsessed she's basically a stalker she is 
in basically she's insanely a stalker. Yeah. Why are you so obsessed with me? <laughs> <laughs> also, that was literally a lifetime ago, so maybe it's time to move on. Hello. Hello. I mean he doesn't even remember. <laughs> Three thousand years and you haven't moved on? Yeah, he's moved on, clearly. Boom. <laughs> <Clap>. <laughs> So what was your favorite part of these chapters? I don't know. There was so much going on. I'm torn. The little tiny moment I really appreciated Mm -hmm. a lot was the focus on what they're all doing. When they're focusing on what they're all doing and they say that Nynaeve has been spending a lot of time with Lan. Mm -hmm. Because I just didn't know where that whole situation stood. You know? And I just like to see that they're having their moments together and it makes me happy for Nynaeve in a way because I don't feel like good things are coming for her. Yeah. Um, but I think my favorite part was in your chapter, like that moment with Elaine and Rand with the feathers. Yeah. And all the descriptions that they wrote about her feeling the butterflies in her stomach. I just really like the way they write her chapters. Yeah. I agree with you. That little feather moment is one of my favorites. And it's interesting, like, this. these two chapters are kind of, like, there's moments of romance in them. Mm-hmm. And RJ, like, if you go on Twitter, like, everybody complains about how RJ does not do a good job writing romance. And, like, by and large, I kind of agree. I think he writes it, like, I think a lot of it happens off screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like in the, like if you were skimming that chapter, you wouldn't see that part about Nynaeve cooking for Lan and making him a bunch of meals. But it's clear they've spent a lot of time together. So, um, so I think it's like all happening, but it's happening off screen. And so I don't. I mean, I don't mind the way he writes romance, or and I don't mind happen have it largely happening off screen. I think either. it's more realistic because they're all there are major things at play right now the fate of the world is literally resting on some of their shoulders and he still is writing these human romantic and just relationship building moments between multiple characters in a way that feels like how it would happen it doesn't it's not the main storyline all the time it's not taking over or taking away from anything it's just sort of organically happening and it's happening among very awkward and uh uncomfortable young Teens. young folk who don't really know <laughs> yeah. what what they're doing or how any of this is supposed to be in these formative years when they maybe are having the, would have been having these moments in a bigger play in yeah. their life they're having them during a lot of turmoil and and strife and stress so i feel like it's more realistic yeah i agree hey If you enjoyed listening to this and you would like to show your gratitude, we would love it if you would write us a review and subscribe to our podcast. That's right. And tell a friend who you think might be interested because word of mouth is one of the ways people find other podcasts. Our social media is CoolStoryPod on Instagram and CoolStoryPod1 on Twitter. You can email us at CoolStoryPod at gmail.com. We absolutely love getting email from you, so feel free to send us a note just to say hi. Yes, and also, we're not always the very best at replying to things in a timely manner, so if we've ever forgotten to reply to you, it's not personal, and you're welcome to send us the email again. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I think today I was was an exception to the rule. Someone had reached out to us in an email saying, how do you get on your Discord? And I actually successfully replied same day. That's impressive. Thank you. Speaking of our Discord, check out our Discord. If you can't find the link on our Twitter, I will also post it on our Instagram. And if you can't find it anyway, again, reach out to us via any of those platforms and we will send you the invite. That's right. 
And thank you for listening to Cool Story. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.